immigration targets are important for the country of Canada. But what about putting skilled workers in the best place where they can, well, A, do something they love and they're trained to do and that's their specialty, and as well, help the economy? So we do that right now with Mikhail Scuderud from University of Waterloo on Toronto Today. You may have seen this in the Globe and Mail. It's a really interesting concept. Canada's jobs are changing as the workforce gets more educated. That's from Stats Canada looking at the 2021 census. And people naturally would say, what does the pandemic have to do with this? Um, is the, does that factor in to being able to be skilled workers? We know that we're, why, what's the biggest reason we're building houses right now? Because we want to increase immigration. And there is that laser focus on finding the industries that we need the most help in, i.e. healthcare, and making sure we bring people in. And guess what? Bring them in and make sure that they can start working right away, that we cut through a lot of that particular uh, red tape. It's fascinating to see some of the numbers and the data involved. Our next guest is brilliant about that stuff. He's professor of economics at University of Waterloo, Mikhail Scuderud. Uh, thank you very much for coming back on the show. I appreciate it. And, and I uh, enjoy uh, talking to you about this kind of stuff. It's pretty important stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Always a pleasure. Tell me what you saw from um, some of the data involved. One of the things I think is really, really interesting is uh, is the core working age group. We think 25 to 54 is that sort of age demo, and um, they're, they're a more educated cohort, if you will, than generations previous. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a long-term trend. I, I don't think it really has anything to do with the pandemic. It's a mm -hmm. very long-term phenomenon. It, it's happening in part because, as you said, our immigration system targets, prioritizes immigrants with high skills, with high levels of education, but also within the existing population, the domestic population. People are more likely to be going to school due to high, getting higher levels of education. That's particularly true for women in Canada, actually. If you look at the increases in the percentage of people with university degrees, those those increases are, are significantly larger among Canadian women than men. Well, they really are. I, I look at some of the numbers from the states. It's harder to get individual numbers from our Canadian universities, but you probably see some of the numbers that I see where it's in, in some schools, 56% women, 44% men. Some are even getting to the point where it's 58, 42. I mean, it, the, I know there are people advocating to try and figure out what is taking men away from deciding to go to university and stick with it. But that's that certainly is going to change not just some of the data we see, but I bet you it changes the pay gap at a certain point in time as well. That's absolutely true. So if, if you look at the data and, and you, you know, when you talk about these pay gaps, it's really important to define what it is you're doing. If you're, you're comparing people with the similar levels of education or just men and women overall, if you, if you do the latter, just men and women overall, for sure, that gap is closing. And a big part of it is that women are racing ahead of men in that, that competition for education. I mean, you can look at that as glass has empty. I'm, I teach a lot, of, a lot of women in my classes. I, I tend to look at more as a glass half full. I, I don't see that as being a, a bad thing. No, no, I, I don't either, given, <laughs> given the circumstance, not in the least. What I notice yeah. as well in, in the data is in Toronto, I think people would be staggered by this number. 51.9% of working people aged between 25 and 54 uh, were immigrants in this 2021 study, which is defined obviously as a first generation, uh, you know, a, a, like a, a person that wasn't born, obviously, in Canada. It's a very, very high number. I don't know what the numbers would be in sort of those sort of more, you know, B plus size cities, the Hamiltons, the Halifaxes, the Winnipegs. But in Toronto and Vancouver, it's a huge, huge number. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And and that number is, you know, higher than it's it's been in in, in a very, very, very long time. Like in you know, you've got to go back to the early part of the twentieth century to get numbers that high. So um, and it is increasing. So this is again part of a longer term trend, and it and it reflects that our immigration rate is increasing. Our immigration rate is think of it. We often hear about these big numbers, like you know, there's going to be five hundred thousand new immigrants this year. I think the way I would encourage people to think about it, I'll just think about the immigration numbers as a percentage of the existing population. And now this liberal government is targeting one point two percent. So every year, you know. Immigrants are going to account for 1.2 percent of all uh, of the existing population. That, oh, that's a big number. It's it's bigger than it's been in at least seven decades. And when we car- mm. compare ourselves to the rest of the world, we're we're an outlier for sure. Mikhail Scuderud, our guest from uh, University of Waterloo on Toronto Today. Um, you tweeted out yesterday uh, your regular reminder that educational credentials are poor measures of skill and talent. There was a CBC story based on these stats. Um, can you flesh that out for our listeners as to as to what you mean by that? Is it is it as simple as our we're not giving people the jobs that their education and their you know the merits of how deeply educated they are we're not we're not meeting that that sort of threshold of how educated they are with the job we give them. Uh, I think that the motivation for that tweet was behind it was a little bit more subtle maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, Statistics Canada in this release, again, has spun things a certain way. That The issue I have is that we often look at immigrants with these credentials and, and we, we measure what percentage of them are actually employed in jobs commensurate with those degrees. And we interpret that as skill underutilization. If you actually look at the data, what you find is that is overwhelmingly not actually that accurate. Um, this is where things get a little bit sensitive. But if you if you try to measure immigrant skills directly, so you don't measure their skills using their credentials, you measure it through using test scores. Like I've looked at that at university students grades, or we we also the OECD measures literacy skills of adults in the population. When you measure those skills directly, and you look at what the value of those skills are in the Canadian labor market, like how much does a little bit more skill increase your wage by? then those returns are very similar for immigrants and Canadians, suggesting that there isn't skill underutilization. What might be happening is that not all credentials are equal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, like we know that even in Canada, people with a bachelor's degree have very different degrees of skill sometimes. Um, and I think we've got to think a little bit more deeply about that in terms of what the policy responses are. But bottom line, are our immigration needs and the wants of of basically, you know, corporate Canada, we want more skilled workers coming here. Does this factor in at all with a declining birth rate? Are we saying we're not producing enough Canadians on our own and that'll have long term implications, obviously, 20 years from now, because the birth rate just it it's it doesn't grow anymore. Um, do we say, well, we need we need bodies one way or the other. And if we're not producing them ourselves, we have to look elsewhere. I don't think that's, I mean, most economists would not think that that, that's a very strong argument for immigration, Um, in part because immigrants are not actually, you know, they don't do much to change the age distribution of the population. We have this idea that all these immigrants are really young people and and they don't invite their own families to come. If you look at the data, what you see, it doesn't actually change the age distribution much at all. The other problem I really have, and I've been Mm -hmm. sort of pushing against this, this narrative, is this idea that you know, yeah. the job of the government is just to plug holes in the economy. We should not think about yeah. 
the job needs. It's just something that's determined outside the system. It's really determined by what the workers are. I mean, if you go back to 1900, there 50% of Canadian workers were employed in agriculture. Today, less than 2% are. Why is that? Well, because technology changed. And so if you constantly respond to labor needs with more workers, you disincentivize employers in investing in technology and skills. And that's not good for the Canadian economy. That's not good for productivity. So I think we've got to think a little bit more deeply about, yeah. again, you know, these questions are a bit more complicated than sometimes our narratives are. They are for sure. Uh, let's keep having those conversations. Thanks for giving us your insight and have a great weekend. Always happy to be on the show, Greg. Thanks. Thank you. Mikhail Scooter, professor of economics, University of Waterloo.